Welcome to Three Course Politics Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Matt Hillsberg. And today we are going to cover a number of topics. Um, if you don't know what our podcast is about, uh, please go back and listen to the first or second or I believe third episode. Um, and essentially we treat this uh, podcast like a dinner course. You, uh, you start off with your pre-dinner shot. Uh, move into your appetizer, then you have your entree, and your dessert. So today we're going to be talking about a lot. We're going to talk about 2020 Dem candidates updates. We're going to see how much uh, Hilsey and I know about the candidates and try to name all, I believe there are 23 candidates now. So we're going to try to name all 23. No cheating, Hills. No cheating. Uh, I do not have the Wikipedia list up, I promise you. <laughs> Maybe I don't promise you. I don't know. Um, I can't promise to cheat either. Um, I will take a, I will take a pledge though right here that I will not look up Wikipedia. I will do all off the top of my head since we know all the candidates backwards and forwards. I promise that too. Definitely going to miss at least two of them. Definitely going to, they're definitely going to struggle after Joe Biden. So. <laughs> Joe, uh, Beto, uh, damn. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, all right. Um, Hills, do you want to go ahead with our pre-dinner shot? Yes, uh, the pre-dinner shot question is coming up. Here is your pre-dinner shot question. Why is the historical symbol of the Democratic Party a donkey? You see this everywhere, um, like the Republicans' uh, symbol is an elephant. So why is the symbol, the historical symbol of the Democratic Party a donkey? That's your question, and we'll give you the answer at the end of the show. So today's appetizer is how can the Dems win and be a big tent party? So we've heard this historical schism or recent schism between the progressives and the moderates, um, the Bernie bros and the, the Clinton supporters, and people are like, wow, the Democratic Party is so divided how can we win? And historically, the Democrats and the Republicans have been a big tent party. Um, so let's start with why should the Dems be a big tent party? Because I think Josh and I both agree the Democratic Party should be something that encaptures a lot of different views. Agreed. And the definition of a big tent party is a catch-all political party um, that seeks to attract voters from different points of views and ideologies. So this doesn't necessarily mean that we're looking to um, uh, a political party is looking to attract people who want to outlaw abortion, right? It's not meaning that. Because, who would want to do that? That's just <laughs> stupid. One party has the corner on that one. It's not the Democrats. <laughs> uh, so this really means that, you know, in, in, other, in other democracies across the world, there's different sort of parliamentary systems where certain parties have different ideologies and they're very focused um, because of the way that that we the system in the country that we're, we're going to go into in a moment. Um, it's better to have one party that has a bunch of those ideologies on one side of the spectrum um, because of our winner take all system. So that is what a big tent party means. You have a big circus tent. Everyone goes in, has a lot of fun. Instead of lots of smaller ones. There are peanuts. There are trapeze artists. There are uh, fire-breathing people. It's great. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, why, should the, why should the Dems be a big Dem party? I think that's the question that we have to answer first. So I think a, it's good for the country. There are so many regional values and so many views. This is a huge country. A lot of democracies, a lot of countries are much smaller than the United States. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think we forget about that. Like the people, yeah. the people in the tri-state uh, Northeast area or along the East Coast, they're super, super different from someone in Texas or Kansas or even in California. Like, yeah, I mean, you look at a state like Virginia. You've got uh, Northern Virginia, which is 
very liberal, um, but they have completely different viewpoints than someone in, in, in Virginia who is in Richmond or who's in the Virginia Beach area. Um, they're, and that's all in one state. So you have to have a message um, that can attract all those different types of voters. Exactly. That's exactly right. And the Democratic Party can't hope to embody all of those values um, and take them up as their own. And what I mean by that sounds a little contradictory. I'm not meaning that the Democratic Party can't and shouldn't try to host all the values. I'm saying they can't say, like, we, we believe in this, 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 and this, because that if you believe in everything, you believe in nothing, right? Right. So it's also good politics currently. Um, we, in the United States, we have a winner-take-all system of elections in the Electoral College. So in the parliamentary system in, like, England, uh, it depends on the proportion of the votes you get, not who gets the most votes. Here, if, if a Democrat wins against a Republican, or whoever has the most votes, a plurality above 50 usually, they win. So if you have a bunch of smaller parties and you have one united opposition party, the united opposition party will likely win the seat most of the time. And so that's why we have a winner-take-all system. I'm not saying it's perfect. It's what we have now. And the Electoral College works like that, too. If you have a bunch of smaller parties, if you, you have to get the popular vote in each state to win that state. So if you have a bunch of smaller parties splitting the vote of a certain ideology and one unified party on the other end, the Republicans right now, you're never going to win any of the votes and the Electoral College is going to go towards the, the Republican. That's the way it is right now. I'm not saying it right. should be that way, but we have to work within the system. Right. And that, 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 that's a whole different show, I think, is whether we should allow, whether we should keep the Electoral College, whether we should move to uh, uh, a not winner take all system, uh, move something like they have in England or even Germany. Um, but you're right, and that's the system that we have now, and it's not changing anytime soon. Um, and so Democrats have to know how to play within the, the system to uh, they're currently in to get the results that they need to get. Yeah, I, and the Electoral College is going to be a different show. So we're not going to go into it now, but know it's coming up on on the free course. That's uh, exactly. you got to keep listening to hear about it. So <laughs> keep them coming back. That's right. We entice you, and then you keep coming back. That that's the goal. <laughs> Happy customers. So. Uh, how can we broker peace between these progressives and the moderates or whatever, whatever you want to call each side, right? So top 1%, the 1%, (laughs) this is, this is not a new question. It's happened many times over years, over different parties, but it's happening right now. And it's not an easy thing to answer, especially, especially when you have folks on one side of the spectrum fighting for policies that some may think are extreme or people don't like each other on other sides of the spectrum where they don't respect each other. Um, So the first thing you have to do is build trust between the factions of the party. You have to organize more events for people to hear each other out because at the end of the day, the policies are not that far apart. There are some that, yeah, some of them are, some of them are not, but on on the ideological spectrum that Democrats are on, whether you're moderate or progressive, the differences are not as big as if you are uh, comparing Democrats and Republicans. They're just not. I think that, that, that that's absolutely right, Hulse. But, um, you know, what was the big difference? There wasn't a huge difference between Bernie and Hillary. Bernie wanted to get to someplace faster than Hillary did. Um, but... It, it, you know, part of this falls on us as Democratic voters and Democratic uh, members of the party is if your candidate doesn't win, then you have to take a look in the mirror and say, OK, who is someone that is close to uh, what I believe or close to this party or who has my candidate endorsed that I can now get behind um, and keep and keep it going that way? You know, there was a poll, I think it was like two months ago or something, that said that Bernie supporters, a lot of them, if Warren is the candidate, they wouldn't support Warren. And that's just stupid. Warren and Bernie are like the same person. They're like they're the exact same person. <laughs> they're like brother so, and sister. I mean, honestly. 
<laughs> so why would you? So what good does it do, right? To to not to not uh, support um, Warren. And so you know we have this. We have to have this big message. We we, we have to have this uh, this trust built. And I think some Bernie Bros are still upset over the 2016 election, and we're all upset over the 2016 election. But I'm still upset think, over the 2016 election. I, I still cry myself to sleep every night. Do not so, mention Jill Stein to me. Oh my god! Ooh, we should have a whole <laughs> show about how much we we hate Jill Stein. Hate Jill Stein and <laughs> Gary Johnson. That will come before the uh, the uh, electoral college pod. Um, but I, you know, you have to have trust, and you also have to trust that the party knows what what it's doing. If you know, if, if Bernie does win for whatever reason, the thing not to do is to say, oh, well, that's it. This, the system's rigged. Well, wow, that sounds just like Trump. You have to say, well, that's too bad that he didn't get it. But who on the left can I move to next? Who's the next most progressive person? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the trust comes in. Honestly, that's where the trust comes in. You have to trust right. the party, but you also have to trust that people are, are trying to are trying to enact policies with the right motives on, on the Democratic side. Because I honestly think... We're not Republicans. We haven't sold our souls yet. And even if Joe Biden is not that progressive for you, which he's very moderate on a lot of issues. And I can see why people don't like wouldn't want that if you're if you're especially on progressive on some issues. But, you know, you're looking at the end of the day, Trump is going to destroy everything you care about. And Biden is going to going to do maybe 70 percent of what you care about. I think it's an easy choice. So right. the, the party, and here's the other point that I want to say, the party should define its membership not based on specific policy, because that's the role of the candidate, in my opinion. But what the party should right. do is base its value, its, its, but on values that the party wants its members to cherish, if that right. makes sense. So yes. I'm not saying, um, I'm not saying that the party shouldn't have any policies. But we shouldn't say the Democratic Party is for this, 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 and this. And if you don't, or if you're not for that, then you're out, right? There's a spectrum, right? We're not going to say that we, I mean, the Democratic Party believes in um, certain things. So here's what I think the Democrats, what I mean by values, to try and, to try and help the conversation here. Fighting climate change and solving, you know, responding to things that are happening with climate change uh, and yeah. renewable and, and getting to 100% renewable energy. I think that's something that everyone on the spectrum can agree on, right? There are different policies right. that get there. Um, safe, legal uh, abortions. And obviously, I don't think anyone wants the number of abortions to go up, even people who, um, you know, everyone, the goal is probably safe, legal, and rare, right? right. You, you're allowing uh, the procedure to happen safe legally everywhere for everyone who wants one and hopefully you're enacting policies that also make abortions rare because they people feel like they can care, take care of the child so uh, i think safe legal and rare isn't that the, the new alabama abortion bill mm-hmm. i think it's uh not safe <laughs> not legal and no abortions <laughs> yep the exact opposite of what, what, what yeah the exact opposite of good policy um, higher working standards for people, whether it's income or, or you know, for safety standards, um, organizing rights for workers, no discrimination ba- on the base of your gender or, or sex or who you are, equal opportunity for people. And there's a lot of other ones, but those are the values that when you have policy pr- platforms at each of the conventions, I think it's so stupid because we should define ourselves based on our values and let people come attract who are attracted to those values. Um, right. Healthcare is one I didn't mention, but it's in there. Um, but like the Republican, the it, it's such a good contrast to the Republican Party, and honestly, it can unite more voters who believe in those things than maybe getting to the nitty gritty of policy, which is honestly what the candidate's supposed to do, not exactly what the party is. Right, and if you if you look at those or, or listen to those things that um, Hills just read through. Uh, nothing in there is extreme. Nothing in there is socialist. Nothing in there is anything that people should not want. You know, I, I, I don't understand this um, outcry from the right that everything is, is socialist. I mean, go back through that list. Do we want a safe climate? Yes, because we want to keep living on this earth, right? Do you want safe, legal, and rare abortion? Yes, no one's like... Abortions are the best thing ever. Like, yeah, you're 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 taking away a life, but 
it's a woman's right to choose and she has a she has the right to choose you know what she wants to do with her body and if she does do that right it should be safe she and the doctor everyone everyone should be safe it should be legal because it's her right and yeah if you want rare abortions it's time to invest in you know birth control and um you know safe sex uh practices and all, all that stuff um you know higher working standards i don't know anyone who's against that you know ending discrimination like it's, it's all basic stuff that any sane person except for the president of the united states should be behind and republicans yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah these things are not they're not brain science and we're going to talk more about uh the ally- reason abort- abortion laws but these things you know you have to look for solutions like bringing people together is not easy but it's necessary and uh, honestly i think if you take a larger view as a party um, and show what values you have and really show why um, people should join and look to your political party as the one to solve these issues. Uh, I think it'll attract more people and bring more people together than, yeah. than fighting over specific policy that in the scheme of things is not that far apart. Yeah. And voters, like I said, voters have to put their ego and their, you know, diehard happens every every year you have every four years you have someone who you know this is my candidate blah blah blah, and that person inevitably doesn't make it and you have to put that you know that ego aside and say okay now it's time to you know get behind the candidate you know the one that the dems are are nominating because at the end there's nothing more important than ousting this buffoon from the white house (laughs) that's exactly you're right (laughs) Uh, would you rather have another four years of Trump or, you know, maybe four years of someone who's going to protect and fight for the things you care about? Easy choice. Trump, right? Trump. That, that, was, that was the answer, right? Trump. Uh, he's always the answer. <laughs> <laughs> he's always the answer. I think, I think we, uh, we covered a lot here and we solved all yeah. the problems that the Democratic Party has. Don't you think? We've done everything. We've, we've solved it all. They should hire us. Uh, oh, look at this. Uh, I have a call from Joe Biden. So, um, Hills, you're going to have to finish the podcast on your own. That's, that's, uh, it makes sense. Oh, I have a call from Trump. So, even better. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> do you want to you wanna move on to the next segment? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Uh, the entree is coming up. All right. Well, hope you enjoyed that appetizer as we are about to move on to the entree, moving on to the entree right now. So the entree today is a 2020 Dem update. Um, we've talked a lot about 2020 Dems. Uh, we'll continue to do so because, honestly, talking about Trump just is super depressing. So, um, I think he's pretty uplifting, inspiring. Yeah, well, he did call you, so, I mean, you would know. Um, but anyways, uh, let's, let's move on to 2020 Dems. So let's start with who is at the top and what the polls are showing us. Uh, the top five candidates appear to be uh, Biden at number one, Bernie, uh, Mayor Pete, at number three, uh, and then Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, they kind of round out the top five. Beto's in there a little bit. Those are those are really the next five candidates. Everyone else is kind of in the single digits, kind of struggling to come along as they all uh, enter in uh, as we speak. So the polls show that Joe Biden is the clear front runner. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, his numbers in New Hampshire and Iowa aren't great in terms of like he's not blowing away Bernie or anyone in in, in those states. But if you look at overall, his numbers are are, are big. He has the biggest, he has the best no, uh, margins against Trump. Um, you know, if you look at general polls, he is the top go getter by you know twelve digits or so. I mean, it's you know. I think people were people thought that when Joe Biden entered the race, he would have a time period where 
he kind of, you know, falls away or his support kind of lingers. Uh, the, the polls kind of show things tightening. And that hasn't, with the exception of really Iowa and um, New Hampshire, the roles, the, the polls haven't really, you know, dipped for him at all. Uh, there was a new Fox News poll, which, you know, by the way, is the best poll you can possibly imagine. Uh, a new, new Very Fox unbiased. News poll. Very unbiased. I actually think their polling is uh, not that terrible uh, in the scheme of it's, things. It, it, it's, it's probably not. Um, I just hate that it comes from Fox News. Unless it's good, in which case, you know, it's great. <laughs> then we love it. Um, <laughs> if it's what you say, I so, love it. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so the, the new Fox News poll, which I think is the most recent poll that, that has come out, uh, came out um, yesterday. It had uh, Joe Biden at 35%, which is up from the 31% he was at about two to three months ago. So his support has gone up about 4%. It had Bernie at um, 17%, and that's down from the 23% he was at. So I think some of that support has gone, you know, from Bernie to other candidates. Uh, a, one of the biggest jumps is the next two, two candidates, um, which is Warren went from 4% to 9%. Uh, Mayor Pete went from 1% to 6%. So they both had a 5% increase. And even though it doesn't sound like a lot, you know, when Bernie has lost six and Warren's gone up five, Biden's gone up four, uh, Mayor Pete's gone up five. um, That's huge for both them. And Kamala has gone down from 8% to 5%. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think right now those are the top five candidates and the polls see again general polls among you know likely primary voters seem to indicate that uh, Joe's got a, a comfy lead, but I think if you look at state by state polls, which are harder to, to come by and harder to find, um, his lead may not be as uh, as uh, secure as he, he thinks it is, uh, which is why he's he was in New Hampshire all last week. He's kicking off his campaign today in Philly. Um, well, we, we're not going to make this just a Joe Biden show, but it's important to talk about because he is the front runner. Yeah, I, you're right about the state level polls. So I want people to, I think it's a really big distinction between national and state level polls. National polls, Biden is crushing it. Um, but what honestly, we're a collection of state elections. That's what the elections are. So those state yep. level polls, as things get closer to the election day, are going to be crucial. So right now, Biden, I was just looking at real clear politics, uh, the averages of the polls. Biden is ahead in Iowa by four on aggregate, which is pretty close. He doesn't have Iowa locked up, which is important. In New Hampshire, on aggregate, he's up by 13, which is really concerning to Bernie because that's Bernie's home territory, which is interesting. I think people, I mean, a lot of people haven't made up their minds yet. So all these are really early polls. In Nevada, I don't think there's been a lot of pollings and, and Biden is up by a little bit. And then South Carolina, Biden's up by a really huge margin. Thanks to his high name ID, his association with Obama. And honestly, I think as, as the things get closer, just as national polls showed Hillary winning, we have to really look at, and even state polls aren't even accurate as well. You saw that happen in Pennsylvania. But you, we really have to look at those state polls as things get closer because a national poll is going to be a survey of maybe someone who lives in California, someone who lives in New York, someone who lives somewhere else. Um, they're good indicators about the overall health of a campaign, but if you're, if you're looking who's going to win a state, you got to look at those state polls. Right. Um, no, I think that, that that's, that's spot on. And, you know, it's still so far out that a lot of these polls, you know, they, they might be accurate, but, you know, um, I was listening to Positive America and, and in 2004, uh, you probably know this, or maybe you remember this, Hills. Do you know who, at this point, who the top uh, Dem was in, two, in 2004 <laughs> to take on? Oh, Bush? man. Um, who was it? Was it Dashiell or Richardson? No, no, but those are both good names. It was Joe Lieberman. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Traitor in chief. <laughs> so take all of this with a grain of salt, uh, because we just don't know. Like, it's so early, and I think... What's more important is as the debates start, oh my God, the debates start next month, Hills. How crazy is that? Uh, we are going to be watching and we're going to be doing pods about those debates. 
So it, it's early. I think, you know, as the as the debates come, I think it's important to uh, look at the early state polls, look at New Hampshire, look at Iowa. Um, you know, you if you're one of these candidates, one of these 20 candidates, you really have to have a good showing in Iowa. You really want to finish like top four or five. Um, because otherwise, you know, if you don't have any any moment, momentum from Iowa, then you're really just in a bad spot. So yeah, can we talk about for a second um, the the top five that you listed? No. Yes. No, we can't. So, <laughs> so it's very interesting about Bernie. Bernie seems to have leveled off a little bit his yep. support, and yep. I'm not really sure what that's about. But I've been seeing a lot of stuff about Warren and. She's got, she's got, she's rolling out really comprehensive progressive policy. Yeah. And she's beating Bernie to it. Like his team is not rolling out policy as quickly as her. And I think it's, it's actually, I I like a lot of the stuff that she's saying and I understand why she's going up in the polls. So I think we have to watch that Bernie Warren divide. And on Kamala, um, Kamala, I think you had the initial balance that she was a, she's still a strong candidate. Yeah. But Biden took away a little bit of her thunder. And I think it's going to be interesting to watch how she maneuvers herself now that she's got two super progressives on her left, uh, which are Bernie and Warren. You have Mayor Pete, which is like the young Obama-esque guy who took a lot of Beto's thunder. And then you have... Kamala, who's kind of like closer to Biden in terms of policy, in she she is an African American woman, so I think that that has a lot of differential for her in terms of when people look at the candidates. Um, and I mean, right. she's super smart as well. How, yeah. but I, it's going to be really interesting how she positions herself um, that she's kind of wedged in between a couple of these candidates. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, in some sense to the Mayor Pete's and the Kamala's and the Petos and, you know, everyone else um, who's not Bernie or Warren because they were going to run regardless. Um, I think it's a little bit unfair to a lot of these candidates because it seems like, uh, like in, you know, in, in this latest poll, what do Dems care the most about? And it's beating Trump, like in that Fox News poll. 75% of the people cared about beating Trump. So if people have it in their mind that the best candidate to do that is Joe Biden, then it's something that doesn't really matter too much what other people think. It doesn't matter what policies you put out or, or this or that, or people are willing to forgive the Anita Hill stuff or the, you know, massaging soldiers. Sol- I don't think is the biggest deal in the world, but, you know, whatever. Um, and people seem to forgive all that because they just want Trump out. And there's this fear amongst the Dems, I think, that if you don't nominate someone who is more moderate, someone who is liked by, by most people, then you're going to lose to Trump. And I think the consensus out there is that Joe Biden can beat Trump, and therefore Joe Biden is our candidate. I think that's why he's up big in national polls. Now, if he stumbles a little bit in Iowa, and he really has to get after it and go negative about the Iowa winner, then... You know, that changes things. But I think right now, I think that's why you see Biden with these huge margins. Uh, I mean, Joe Biden is honestly, Joe Biden is my top candidate right now for those things that for those reasons, like he can beat Trump. And I desperately just want that man out of office, uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever it takes. Um, you know, I my top two to um my top two uh, tickets right now is probably in no particular order, either Biden, uh, Biden, uh, Buttigieg or, Bi- or Biden Harris. I think it was my top two, two uh, tickets right now. Biden Harris is pretty strong, and I would strong. actually, I, I actually think some people on the other side of the the, the pro- pro- progressive wing would say to you, or would say in general, like, "Hey, Hillary and Joe Biden are not that different, and Hillary couldn't beat." Trump because she didn't have any policy and she didn't fight for what she believed in. I'm not saying that's true or not. I mean, obviously she lost, so she did something, many things wrong. But right. I think it's, I, it's important to, to yeah, I mean, uh, people want Trump out. So they're going to choose the candidate right. who they think is the most electable and whether or not you agree with 
the most of the voters is a different story, but they're going to choose. That's that's if 75 percent of Democratic voters want that, they're going to be voting for that. Right. And to those people who either are listening, who 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 would say, you know, you know, that like Hillary and Joe aren't different. Hillary lost. Um, Hillary faced an enormous amount of sexism in her campaign that Joe Biden just won't have to. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying, you know, that that's the way it should be. I'm just saying that that's the way it is right now is that male candidates don't face as much sexism. And that's a problem, something that should be fixed. But, you know, that is it. And Joe Biden has a much, much higher favorability numbers than, uh, than Hillary did. And I think there was some, Dems kind of just thought, oh, I don't have to get out and vote because no one's going to vote for Trump. But they forgot that we live in America and we do <laughs> stupid shit all the time. Yeah, that people vote against their interests all the time. Hills, who are your top candidates? Oh, boy. You know, I've been, I've been uh, interested in Mayor Pete and Beto, but honestly, I think my first choice, I really like a lot of the stuff Warren is doing. But part of me... I mean, she's like my top choice, I think, right now. But I'm really, really worried about her in the general election. Uh, so yeah. I'm not completely sold, but I really like a lot of the policies that she's doing. I think she's zeroing in on a lot of things that people care about. I think she's being smart about it. And I trust her on a lot of the issues. I mean, Biden, of course, I, I got to see what he's, he's going to be, um, what he's going to be about. I think... Mayor Pete's also very interesting in the way that he's getting people riled up mm-hmm. in a good way. So uh, definitely not Bernie, but I think it's going to be Warren, Biden, and then either right now it's going to probably be Mayor Pete or Kamala. Kamala. Right. I think those, those are my top candidates, I think, right now. But we'll see. We'll see what happens, and yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of there's a lot of debates that are going to happen. There's a lot of policies that are going to be rolled out. Honestly, I'm going to vote for the Democrat, whoever it is, uh, unless we choose someone crazy. But uh, like <laughs> one of those Hills- candidates <laughs> in the bottom. <laughs> but I Hills mean, I'm going to vote for the Dem. Yeah, he'll vote for the Dem, except if it's Jay Inslee. <laughs> hey, we we have a long established that Jay Inslee is not a, fa- a favorite of this pod. <laughs> rightly or wrongly mm-hmm. established. <laughs> rightly or wrongly but I'm going to vote for where the Democrats choose but honestly I think right now in terms of policy I mean I'm looking at student loans Elizabeth yeah. Warren and student loans actually is not just an issue for, for me if we abolished a lot of people's student loans in this country the amount of economic activity that we would have would be enormous it's honestly, honestly, it would set the economy on fire in the best way possible. And yeah, and not wrong. And she honestly has the best plan for it right now. So I'm, I'm willing to see what everyone else says. It's still early. Yeah. Um, let's talk again, focusing on those five candidates, because right now they are the top five front runners. No disrespect to the other candidates. But, uh, <laughs> let's talk for a second about their strategies those five candidates what they're they're planning on 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 doing you know what we've seen so far joe biden really seems to be pulling the barack train right now he seems to be uh very much like hey remember guys you guys you, you guys all like obama well i was his vp um you know i've seen a couple of rally stuff where he talks like you know it was the greatest honor of my life to serve along obama you know we got so much done he's a great man and all that is true, um, but I think he's trying to, you know, he, he says that he's running to restore the soul of the, 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 the nation. Joe Biden is very much, you know, it seems like he's very much the, uh, you know what, things were good before Trump, things can still be good. Trump is not good for us. He doesn't represent our values. And remember that guy, Barack Obama? Yeah, I was his VP. And, I remember that guy. Bring uh, me, bring me two scoops of Obama. Bring me two scoops of Obama. And everyone loved Joe Biden when he was the, the vice president. Uh, you know, he was he was lovable. He had a couple of gaffes. You know, but he supported Barack. Barack clearly trusted him, um, and he knew how to get stuff done. And I think that's his big message: is 
you know, we have to, and he even says, like, if we get Trump out after four years, you know, then uh, we'll be okay. He'll, he will look, we'll look back at this as a time when, you know, we made a, uh, a mistake and, you know, it, it'll, be, it'll be fine. That's it. It'll be fine. But if we don't get Trump out, then, you know, that's when the problems start and we have to get him out. Yeah, I, think, I agree. I think that's his strategy. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna go, he's gonna coast on the Obama Biden um, part of his 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 political past for a good part of the campaign uh, in order to separate himself out to show that these voters who voted for Obama and then voted for Trump that like he is part of that that team. I honestly think he's very sincere. I think his his relationship with um, Obama is is very warm, and, and they're I think they're genuinely very good friends. And oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't think he's be, he's like using that in any way that he's not sincere about it. And he's going to have no, to transition no, no. into policy at some point because he can't just use that. But I think he's using this right now because he's going to go to these these places that voted for Trump overwhelmingly. Pennsylvania, well, not overwhelmingly, but they voted decisively for Trump. Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Iowa, Pennsylvania and Michigan and Florida. I, I think we can leave yep. out Ohio. Ohio's a lost cause. But <laughs> he's going to go to these places where Trump won his victory and he's going to appeal to those those people whether they're blue or white collar and and they may be attracted to him again and i think he's going to use this as a strong starting point to show hey i'm not the most progressive guy in this race because the country doesn't want that the country just wants good positive leadership and he's going to focus on the middle class and honestly i think that the middle class is when hillary lost yep i i would agree i i think you know he um I think it's definitely his strategy. It's what he's going to do, and it could appear to work. You know, he's 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 a smart guy. He, you know, he's been around the game for a long time. He he knows what it takes to win. So I don't doubt um, him, and I don't doubt his uh, his 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 policies and you know w- w- what he wants to do because he he knows what he wants to do. So um, yeah, I think I think that's that's Joe Biden for you in a nutshell. Pills, what do you think Bernie's strategies are here? That's a good, really good question. I think he's facing a. I, I, I'm actually not too sure. He's facing a Me lot either. of heat from from Warren, so he's gonna yep. he's gonna. I think he's gonna start rolling out some more progressive policy because it was really easy for him in 2016 because you only had Hillary, and you only had yes. policies that were you know, more moderate, not as, not as super progressive, not as progressive as he is. So it was a really easy contrast for him. Now it's really not so much. And I think it's showing in his polling. So he's going to have to start rolling out some policies. He's going to have to start like innovative policies and he's going to have to start showing his supporters a why he's better than all the other progressives in this race, which is the first thing, because I think those, some of his voters are starting to get split on people. And then B Mm -hmm. he's going to say, he's going to have to show like, Hey, Kamala and Biden are here on my right-ish. Like, why should you vote for me rather than them? So he's going to have to really dig down and persuade people that he is the right candidate with the right ideas. I think that's his his thing. Yeah, you know, I also think it's important. Like, he's kind of just relying on 2016. Saying like, hey, remember 2016? Remember when I was this and that? And I was, you know, everyone loves me then. And, you know, like, you can't rely on 2016, you know? I, I think, you know, uh, he's kind of just relied on that, and people haven't um, – I mean, there, there are more progressives in the race now. And people are like, 2016 was one thing, but we're looking for someone new. We're looking for, you know, it's very, very hard to run in a primary and come in second place and then go back – coming back four years later and then win because – that a lot of Republicans until Trump was elected, there's this whole thing about it's their time. You know, Mitt Romney ran in 2008 and he didn't win, so it's his time. You know, John McCain ran in 2000 and he did really well, but he lost to Bush, and now it's his time. You know, and I, and I think Dems are trying to get away from from that because there's a whole like establishment thing. I think they're trying to get away from that. And you know, if Bernie's Bernie needs to start putting out some 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 uh, policies. I've seen him just start a little bit to go negative, which does not play well in Iowa. 
Um, that doesn't play well to me either. I think it's too way too early yeah. for that. And I think you can go negative. And he, you know, 2016, he went really negative on Hillary and ruined Hillary for his voters. So I honestly don't think it's going to play well at this time with so many different candidates in the race. Yeah. Um, Hills, you've, you've talked a little bit already about Warren, um, but just quickly, her policies seem to be very progressive. They're they're new. They're pe- people. They're popular. The student uh, loan um, program is very popular, and I think her rise in the poll, um, the polls speak to the fact that well, one, she's not a uh, you know she's not 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 afraid to go after people. See it, call it as is. Me, she did. Uh, they asked her about a, uh, a Fox News town hall that Bernie did, and she was like, "I'm not going to do that because Fox News is you know they're." They're racist. They're you know they put out their own agenda. Blah blah blah. I think that played well with with her supporters, uh, and she also has these very very progressive ideas, and she's putting out policies. And that's the big difference between her and Bernie. That's why the polls are shifting in her favor because you know people are like, oh look, she's putting out this and this and this and this, and you know that's like that's what you want. And she's also not afraid to take on Trump. I think that's a big thing. You know, she gets under Trump's skin really well. So I think. That's why she's seen a rise recently in her poll numbers. I, I agree with you on that. And I think it's also because people are looking for, they already know who Bernie is, so he's not as exciting to right. them anymore. And she's, she's really genuine, I think. I think it's, and people, people may be sick of Bernie, or there are people who have like, oh yeah, I like Bernie, but I want to see everyone else. And they're here in Warren, and they're like, wow, this is kind of what right. I'm into. And she's genuine, and she's mm-hmm. she's strong about what she believes on, and mm-hmm. she's she's very progressive, and she's got a really really, and I think this is actually the most important part. She's got a really good track record. She helped yep. create the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. She's done stuff in the Senate. She's like very been very. Uh, she's tried to get things done, and she's been very consistent. And honestly, you, if you're a listener, you know how we feel about Bernie Sanders, but. Honestly, I think that's what sets her uh, apart from Bernie. I think she's like Bernie 2.0. I've always thought that. Yeah, agreed. And she can also play the Obama card. You know, she was the head of the Consumer Financial uh, Protection Agency. Um, you know, be a very popular um, Republican from Massachusetts. Uh, and, you know, like, that's, that's important. Um, uh, for Mayor Pete, he has basically taking the approach of if anybody anywhere wants to talk to me, I will talk to them and I'll be brutally honest and I'm young, I'm gay. I, you know, have all this going for me. I think that's why he's risen so, so fast is that his social media and campaigns uh, getting out uh, the message has been great and it's been really, really strong for him. And People are so sick and tired of Trump, and he is the complete opposite of Trump. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't think you can get that. more opposite. So you have this fat old guy, right, who is super unhealthy, uh, doesn't like people who are different than him, and dodge the war. With Mayor Pete, who is young, healthy, gay, and, and a vet. Like that is the exact opposite of Trump. Yeah, and he he is setting himself so basically he's trying to get his name recognition out. That's why he's doing mm-hmm. everything anywhere. And he has a big problem with African American voters who don't know yep. him. He hasn't done anything for them because he's been a small town mayor, and that's a core constituent of the Democratic Party. So that's a really big thing for him. Yep. And Bernie tried to do that, and he was not as successful in 2016. And he's also, uh, I think people like him because he's young, charismatic, he's very blunt, and he's very I- optimistic and ideal. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's, he's, charism- he's charismatic. You, you listen to him speak, you yeah. listen to him talk about stuff, and you're like, wow, this makes a lot of sense, and he seems like a good guy. The big thing that he's going to have to do once he gets his name out, on, and he's going to be on the debate stage, so I think this is going to happen after the debates, is that he's yeah. going to have to convince people who are like, well, he's pretty young, um, like, why can I trust him? Especially, he's not a young mayor of New York City or L.A. He's a young mayor of a, right, of a, of a small city. And he's going to have to convince people, like, hey, 
I deserve this promotion and I can do it right. and I'm confident to do it. Yep. I completely agree. He's, that, 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 that's his challenge. But, you know, credit to him. He, you know, people thought he was going to be this no-name guy. Uh, and he's right in that third, fourth place range, which is very impressive for someone who is in charge of the fourth smallest town in Indiana. So, or city in, in Indiana. Um, and lastly, Kamala. I have a real hard time trying to figure out what her strategy is. You know, she had this big announcement. Everyone was very pro her. People started to join. I, I, I guess she couldn't keep up. She had this great exchange with Bill Barr. You're like, oh, yeah, that's who she is. Like, that's awesome. And then that's it. <laughs> like, you know, I, I have a really hard time trying to nail down what her uh, strategy is. What, what do you think it is? So yeah, I'm not sure yet because she's going to, like, really anti-Trump right now to try and get yeah. her swing of things. And she's really good at it. I mean, she was in congressional hearings. She's, like, she's really good at questioning people because she's a former prosecutor and attorney general. Right. Um, <laughs> she's I, extremely smart. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, she needs to just show, I think, what she's trying to do is show her strengths. Um, and especially why people should choose her in a crowded field because I think she can say that she has law enforcement experience. Uh, she's a woman of color. Um, she knows how to enact progressive policies or will enact progressive policies that she's like, policy. she's like a mix of like, Hey, you like some things Biden stand for you like some of these things that Bernie and Warren stand for, but you don't want to go all in on both. Hey, I'm your mix. I'm like, Right. I'm your ideal because I am moderate on some things. I'm progressive on other things, and I'm the was the attorney general. I'm a senator, and I'm I'm your I'm your woman. So I think that's where she's looking at where she can play in. Yeah, I think I think that that, that that's right. Um, you know, and policies and strategies will shift as things go. I'm curious to see who the first person who's going to go real negative is. Um, that's a sign that their campaign is getting desperate. Um, so, uh, for all the 22 candidates who are listening to this podcast now, don't go negative, uh, stay positive, um, convince the voters that you are the right candidate, talk about your policies, roll them out, get your message out there. Um, you know, I think that's, that, that, that's really, uh, that's what my advice would be if I was, uh, a strategist. And if you go Um, negative, if you go negative, just be don't go negative for the sake of just destroying someone. That's like you can, you can yeah. be negative and call out what you think are inconsistencies or things that you don't like about another candidate, but that doesn't mean that you need to ruin them or say that they're unfit or anything like that. And that they're right. corrupt. Like don't, don't, you can go negative with drawing out contrasting positions, but don't go negative for the sake of destroying the personality. Yep. I think that's right. I think that's absolutely right. Hills, how's the ground game looking out there? So we, <laughs> so uh, in in 2016, uh, everyone talked about Hillary Clinton's ground game, and I told Josh when, lead up to the election that Hillary's got this ground game. It had a couple more points on Florida, on Pennsylvania. She's got the best ground game we've ever seen in in politics. Meanwhile, uh, it's my badge of there shame. Was no, there was no ground game. There could not have been any less of a round game. Hillary's up by one or two points in Florida. Hills goes, eh, she's probably up three or four points because she has this great ground game. And then lo and behold. Do you want to quickly define ground game for people who don't know what it is? (laughs) Yeah. So a ground game means um, how many people do you have out there that are in offices, that are physically on the ground, like trying to get people to come and support your, your candidate. You got, you got people out there who are trying to get people to, to uh, you're, you're going to get people to vote for you. They're, they're, they're going to, you know, drive people to the polls. They're going to canvas. They're going to remind people, here's when the election is. Here's why you should vote. Do you have a plan to get to the polls? You know, um, are you willing to, you know, come join us next Saturday when we have this big rally? You know, we want to get people out there. Basically, there are informal people who, you know, don't necessarily work for the campaign, but they're, you know, trying to, um, they're trying to just work on the ground to get their candidate voted. 
Yeah, volunteers, volunteers, and sometimes they are paid, and yeah. sometimes they're not. Sometimes, sometimes, um, and that's a huge part of the general election is you have to have a, a ground game. Um, and Hills told me that Hillary had one, but uh, she didn't. She had the apparatus of a ground game, but honestly, the enthusiasm wasn't <laughs> there. So then, there, if you don't have enthusiasm, ground game. Your organizers on the ground are not going to be able to organize people if they don't actually care about your candidacy. So it, Trump, Trump didn't have as good of the, the, the people on the ground, but he had people coming out for him, right? They, they did the job for him, right. and that's what Obama did too. So uh, any of these candidates, I think right now it's really early, but I think Bernie and Beto are building one, these apparatuses. So um, any of these candidates are going to you have to be you have to be you have to have enthusiastic supporters because if there's not enthusiastic about right. you if you have all these organizers no one's going to come out even if they don't, if they don't care about you right no i think that's that's absolutely right absolutely right um all right does that end our entrails i think so i'm ready to uh name all these candidates well your dessert is coming right after this <laughs> All right, welcome to your uh, dessert. Something a little sweet to satisfy your taste buds before you uh, head on head on the road. So Hills and I are going to take turns alternating with candidates. There are twenty three candidates. We're going to just go back and forth, and uh, the first person who can't name a candidate loses, and the loser has to go work for for Trump at the White House. Um, so pressure's on Hills. Don't. Well, he's don't letting any, he's letting anyone work at that White House right now. So <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, let's both take the pledge of honor that we do not have anywhere on our persons or in our screens uh, any form of uh, candidates listed. Hills, do you take that pledge? I pledge. All right, I also pledge. So may the best person win. Um, can I go first, Hills? Go for it. All right, I'm gonna start with the front runner. Jay Inslee. <laughs> Beto or O'Rourke? Beto. All right, Biden. Elizabeth Warren. Mayor Pete. Oh, man, I'm definitely going to lose. <laughs> no, I don't know who's, who's going to lose. Uh, Kamala Harris. Here's a blast from, from the past. Cory Booker. Cory Booker. Uh, Bernie Sanders. Um, Amy Klobuchar. See, now it's starting to get tough. <laughs> Kirsten Gillibrand. Oh, man, I forgot about her. Mm-hmm. Tulsi Gabbard. John Hicklin-Hooper. Oh, he is in the fucking race, isn't he? He oh, is. Um, let's go Bill de Blasio. Ooh, good, good one, good one. Um, Michael Bennett. Oh, I forget about all of these people. He's running too. No one knows about that. <laughs> Eric Swalwell. That's a good one. That's a dark horse. Um, Steve Bullock, Governor Montana. Uh, Andrew Yang. Are we are 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 we counting Yang? We should count Yang, right? Yeah, yeah, he's running. He's running. Yeah. John Delaney. Oh, I forgot about Delaney. Yeah, he's oh, the first one. Man. He was the first person to do it. Uh, Seth Moulton. Ooh, ooh. I, you know what? You, you saved. I was not going to think of that one. Um, Marianne Williamson. Oh, man. Marianne. I'm writing these down for those of you Williamson. Isn't she like an author or something? Yeah, she's from California or something like that. Oh, man. Now it's getting uh, tough. Getting now tough. it's getting real. Oh, here we go. Tim Ryan. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Julian Castro. Oh, no. I can't believe I didn't <laughs> say Castro. So and... now this is really tough. Wait, can, you, can we just go over how many we have right now? So yes, okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. Fuck. Is there? I think I know the there's, last person. Unless there's, there's, there's two more. No, there's one more person, and it's my turn. And for the life of me, who is this? We're person? sure there's only twenty-three, right? We're sure there are twenty-three. Okay. Um, um, I I know. I think I, I I got this one. 
but right, you well, got to go first. I don't know. I don't know who it is. So he's the mayor of like he was from Tallahassee or something. I think his name is um, oh, Mason Wayne, right? Like yeah. I, I think I'm gonna get points for that. I I feel like I should get points for that. I know I'm like have yes. his picture in my head, but it may not be his name. I'm going to concede uh, to you. You are the winner. I will go work for uh, Trump in in uh, in the White House. I'm gonna pull up now on uh, Wikipedia. I'm gonna pull up all the names and see if we have missed anyone. Um, Can you imagine we we both missed we both someone <laughs> we both so, missed right. somebody. So we have Michael Bennett. Yes, we had Joe Biden, Cory Booker, Steve Bullock, Pete Buttigieg, Julian Castro, Bill de Blasio, John Delaney, Tulsi Gabbard, Kirsten Gillibrand. Oh, whoa! Oh, we missed one. Mike Gravel. I didn't is he, he running? running? Apparently, he's ninety. Why is he running? Okay, I'm not going to count him. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Kamala Harris, John Hickenlooper, Jay Inslee, Amy Klobuchar. Yep, Wayne. Uh, Wayne Messam. Oh. Yep. Okay, so you know what? I, I apologize for getting his name wrong, but that I, I pictured him in my head. So, yes. So, technically, uh, I guess there are 24, but you know what? I'm not going to count this 90-year-old guy. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Mike Gravel. Mike Gravel is, you know what? Congratulations, Mike Gravel. You are the new Jay Inslee. Jay Inslee, you've been promoted now to the second least, least hated candidate. <laughs> Mike Gravel is the most hated, hated candidate on this podcast. He ran, for, official. he ran for president in 2008. Wow. I remember him. He was he was in that primary. Yeah. Well, now we, he's 90. We did so. really well. We did really we did. well. 22. That's not it's not too shabby. I mean, I don't understand Michael Bennett. You knew all of them. So, <sighs> technically, although I think you said you, you would have forgotten Tim Ryan or Eric Swalwell. I would have so. forgotten Tim Ryan if you did not mention Tim Ryan. So, all right. Uh, and I, I, I was going to, I couldn't remember his name. I was going to name, the, I thought there was someone from Florida. I wanted it to be Andrew Gillum, but uh, if it is only. not. If only. Yeah. All right. Um, your answer to the pre-dinner shot is coming up in the next few seconds. The question was, why is the historical symbol of the Democratic Party a donkey. The answer is so it's a two-part answer. One one apart is definitely um, more accurate than the other. The least accurate part of this answer is that Andrew Jackson was really the first super popular president of the Democratic Republican Party, the, the forefather of the Democrat modern Democratic Party back in the era early eighteen hundreds. And people used to call um, his him a jackass, like Andrew Jackson, because he was stubborn mm. and stupid um but the most lasting impression came from this cartoon by thomas nast in harper's weekly in 1870 um uh where he drew the democratic party as a donkey for whatever point he was trying to illustrate at the it was like a copperhead um it was a, like post-civil war cartoon about something um but cartoonists saw that cartoon and were like wow this is good and they started using the donkey to represent the Democratic Party. Um, similarly enough, Thomas Nass also did a cartoon with the uh, Republican Party as a big elephant. And so they took his cue and um, cartoonists started using uh, Demo- donkeys to portray Democrats and elephants to pr- portray Republicans. So there you go. Look at that. Look at that little uh, history lesson. Little history lesson. And I hope you can all use that at your next party and tell your friends. <laughs> And tell them that you got that information from Three Course Politics. Yeah, tell them to subscribe and listen. That's right. Um, Hills, before we end the show, we have a big announcement about the next podcast, don't we? We do. Uh, our next podcast, we're going to be recording uh, next week, holiday weekend, and we're going to be live uh, from Long Island City, <laughs> New York. Uh, Josh and I are going to be sharing the mic and going to be That's doing right. a live pod. Live podcast. So if you're listening and you have our information, you want to uh, text us any questions you have, we'd love to answer any listener questions. If not, we'll just uh, be doing our usual shenanigans. So next week, next weekend, you can expect a pod. We'll be doing a pod uh, next week. We'll be live. Very excited for the live show. 
Um, I think we'll be covering a little bit of Bill Barr and a little bit of yeah. uh, the recent the recent uh, laws concerning abortion. So yeah, got, got lots of unpleasantness. That's right, absolutely. All right, well, uh, thank you all for for listening. As always, uh, we appreciate all of our listeners. Um, we know that our pods are a little inconsistent, but when we get them out there, we feel like we have good content. We appreciate you listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you all so much. Bye, everybody.